Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just lift your hands to the Lord. Lord, we set ourselves today. We open our heart to hear from heaven. We give place to you, Holy Spirit, to move in our hearts, to move in our lives, to touch us today, to impart revelation into our heart, that your anointing would come. And as we heard in the 930 service, we will not let it bounce off of us, but we'll take it. We'll take hold of it. We'll take it to ourselves. We'll meditate and give, it, give ourselves to your word. And I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that your word is more than enough in every situation. Father, we bless you. We honor you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Are you ready to hear from the Lord today? Say, I'm ready. Say it like you're ready. I'm ready. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is good. Hallelujah. I want to welcome everyone on live stream podcast. Glad you could be with us today as we share in the Word of God. And the Word of God is always good. You know, the Word of God, many times we listen to the Word and it demands change. But that change only means it's a change for the better. Hallelujah. The change that will make life better. The change that will bring us into a better place. The change that brings increase. Never be afraid of change. The Bible tells us that when you get your mind renewed to the change, you will prove that God's will is good, acceptable, and perfect. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Say, I love change. Change is my middle name. Amen. Hallelujah. Say that enough and you'll convince yourself. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. We know that as we're coming into the end of the last days, there's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. How? We don't know. But we do know what's going to happen. We don't know what it's going to look like. We're unaware of what it's going to be. Just like on the day of Pentecost, they had no idea. You know, we look back at the day of Pentecost. We look back at different revivals and we say, well, that's the way that it's going to be. Um, the Jews thought Messiah was going to come on the clouds and free Israel from Rome, but that wasn't what happened. So therefore, when Messiah came, the Messiah they were looking for, when Messiah came, they didn't recognize him. Isn't that right? And you know, even his disciples, his disciples walked with him every day. But when they were out on that boat and Jesus showed up on the water, they said, it's a ghost because he appeared in a way that they didn't see him before. See, the Lord appears and shows up in ways you didn't know and you haven't seen before. So we can't look back at history and say this is the way that it's going to be. We can't look back at anything else in our life to say this is the way it's going to be. You can't look back at a healing that happened last week and go, well, this is how it's going to happen today. Are you with me? So they were very, very unaware on the day of Pentecost what was going to happen. But suddenly did happen. Suddenly it happened, right? So what did the disciples do? Well, they believed what Jesus said. Jesus said, go into Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. And uh, they did, just like Jesus said. They went to Jerusalem and stayed where Jesus said to stay, in Jerusalem. So they could only do as they were directed to do. They could, not what they thought, not what they reasoned, and not what they would come up with by looking at the situation and come up with a logical deduction for action. This is what we do. Don't we? Okay, a couple of you agree and admit to it. The others are like, I don't know about that. But, you know, we hear some things and we, just like we know that there's going to be an outpouring in the last days. Now, some of you may not even be sure that there's going to be an outpouring. But then there are others that are sure, and we might try to figure out what it's going to look like, how it's going to happen, what it's going to be. And the bottom line is you can only do as you're directed to do. You can't do beyond what you're directed to do. Beyond what you've been directed to do is what your mind tells you to do. And this is the hardest thing for our mind, 
is the hardest thing for the mind to do because the mind wants to be in control. That's what screwed your life up, <laughs> your mind being in control. All right, I'll admit to that. Maybe you won't, but I will. I'll admit to that. But the mind wants to be in control and don't want to follow anybody or anything, not even the Lord Jesus himself. Because of this, the mind has set within us habits because the mind wants to be in control. The mind wants to not follow and direct. So the mind sets within us habits. We have habits of thoughts, a process of thinking that we've created. Habits of our perception that when we look at something, we perceive, oh, I know what that, you know, no, you only know what your mind's telling you. We come up with habits of deduction and calculations. Well, I calculate in this situation and how it's going to go and how it's going to turn out. I calculate those things. Well, that perception, that calculation, that deduction, those habits of thought is all designed to control you and to keep you under the control of the habits that the mind has created. And it keeps you in control. Amen. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. You all know this, these verses. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. But we're going to look at them and look at them from the point of view where we are looking at and what we're talking about today. You know, Brother Hagin always said this. There may be one mountain, but there's many roads to the top. And you can look at one side of the mountain, but then you look at the other side of the mountain. Then there's other parts of the mountain. They all lead to the top, but there's different paths to get there. Amen. So 2 Corinthians 10 verses 4 and 5 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, or they're not carnal, but they're divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses and, and strongholds. For we are destroying speculations and imaginations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So these strongholds, these imaginations, these fortresses are all products of the mind that have kept us captive and kept us under the mind's control. It's amazing how you could sit in a service and people that know nothing about God and you hear people teaching from the word and they'll say, well, that's just mind control. No, son, you've been under mind control all your life. We're trying to break that mind control. Are you with me? It's kept us captive. Some of our mind is renewed to the word of God. Okay, not the majority, so don't even think, well, the majority. No, it's not. We have some of our mind that is renewed to the word of God. And when we look at all areas of our life, certainly, positively, emphatically, it's not the majority of your mind that's, that is renewed to the word of God. And if you think it is, my question is, why is your life only the way it is? Don't shout me down. We all have a mind that needs renewing. Because there's so much in our mind that is against the knowledge of God in whatever area we might be dealing with. You know, Pastor Tim gave a great example of 930. The, you know, forgiveness. You know, very... You would say, it's a simple word, forgive, but it's not easy to do. Why? Because of mind control. Because the mind controls, and we don't want to forgive. We don't want to let go of that. That mind wants to continually rotate it on a Rolodex over and over and over again and tell you about why you shouldn't forgive that person. That's an unrenewed mind. Well, we have lots of areas in our life like that. Just think about how many areas you have in your life where you did not and do not get input from the Holy Spirit before you do anything. I don't care what it is. Now, you don't need input from the Holy Spirit to get up in the morning. You need to get up in the morning. You don't need input from the Holy Spirit to go to work. You might need what job you should have. But when was the last time before you did anything, anything you wanted to do? 
you ask the Holy Spirit, should I or shouldn't I? Well, why don't we do that? Because our mind's not renewed. Yeah, but what I'm doing isn't wrong. doesn't matter. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. See, it's just carnality. So, let's move along. We all have within our life, within ourselves, a nucleus, okay? A nucleus in life, and aspects of our life rotates around that nucleus. Just like electrons orbit around the nucleus making up the atom, right? Our nucleus in life, we all have different things that could be a nucleus in our life. It could be our job. It could be our family. It could be church. It could be doing drugs. It could be our business. It could be playing golf. It could be retirement, boating, shopping, going to the movies. All of our decisions in life will orbit around the main nucleus in our life. For instance, if my nucleus is shopping, my financial decisions are going to make a are going to be based on how it's going to affect my shopping. Or if my nucleus is my family, then my financial decisions may be based on how it's going to affect the nucleus of my family. Or I can't spend that. No, we can't go out to eat dinner because I need that money because I'm playing golf this week. Now, I'm not saying that any of that's wrong. I'm just saying there are nucleuses in our life, okay? We might choose to go into debt because we love shopping. We might choose to go into debt because we just got to have that boat. Or we might choose to go in debt because I got to go get myself a head of drugs. That Medicare don't cover. <laughs> Or I can't sow seed too much because, you know, that's our retirement money. Are you with me? So we all have nucleuses that we revolve around. And there are habits and nucleuses, uh, habits rather, and orbits that, that go around that nucleus. The nucleus is the function of our life. But then we all have habits and orbits that orbit around that nucleus. And our decisions will be based on what is the nucleus of our life. Go to Luke chapter 10, verses 38 and 39. <clears throat> Jesus came into town, and um, it says, As they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. Now, we know about the story of Martha and Mary. Martha was very busy serving, and Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. Martha was upset, and she wanted Jesus to send Mary to go help her in serving. Isn't that right? Now, notice what it says here. As they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. So she welcomes him into the home. Now, what is her nucleus in life? Serving. That's her nucleus in life. Her welcoming him in was so that she could serve. Serving was her nucleus, and everything she did in her decisions was based on that nucleus. Amen. You know, as a young Christian, I had noticed that church could be in the orbit of my life. I noticed that the Word could be in the orbit of my life. I noticed that prayer could be in the orbit around my life, and all of these orbiting characteristics would have to fit in and around the nucleus of whatever was the central part of my life. Or the Word of God could be the nucleus. And all of my life is to now emanate from and orbit around the Word of God, which is the nucleus. Therefore, I decided early on in my Christian life that the orbits of my life would rotate around the nucleus of the Word of God and learning the Word of God in church. That that would be the main nucleus of my life and anything in the orbit is going to have to orbit around that nucleus and the decisions of the orbit would be determined by the nucleus. 
Amen. So I wasn't going to have the Word of God and learning the Word of God to be in my orbit. I decided it would be the nucleus of my life. Now, what does it mean when it becomes the nucleus of your life? It means all schedules, all activities, all decisions, all plans, all vacations, everything is going to orbit around the Word of God and, the ch and church is the training center of the Word. That the Word, see how quiet it gets? The Word, church, and prayer would not be a part of my schedule or a sliver of the pie. But it's going to be my life, my nucleus, and my life is going to now be scheduled and orbited around this nucleus of the Word of God, church, and prayer. And this is years before I was called in the ministry. Long before I was called in the ministry, I made that decision. So don't say, well, yeah, you do that because you're a pastor. No, we're going back years now. Okay? And... Because the Word of God, church, and all that was my nucleus, even my overseas travel was not going to interfere with my nucleus. In fact, I remember one time coming back from uh, Thailand, the last time we went over there, based on the schedule that we were supposed to land in Fort Myers, I think, at 8.30 in the morning, Sunday morning. And before we left to go to that convention over there in Thailand, I brought a change of clothes. I brought everything I, that I needed. I, I packed a little shaving kit, everything that I needed, and left it in my office. Because if I landed at 8.30, I could get here in time, clean up, shower, change, after 40 hours of travel, and still get in the pulpit. Now, I could have, I could have said, dang, it's been a long trip. I mean, we traveled halfway around the world. We had a lot of layovers. I'm tired. I'm, I'm worn out. Pastor Morgan can do the service. You know, we certainly have a staff that is well able to stand up before you and share the Word of God. So I could have done that. But that's not my nucleus. And I'm not going to let anything get in the way of my nucleus. Life is going to have to orbit around it. Are you with me? So why is it so important to know what your nucleus is and have the right kind of nucleus? Because of James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 2. And this is where most of us live. He says in verse 2, Count it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, now, we know that means test, temptations, and trials. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various tests, temptations, and trials. And this gives the idea of something suddenly happening. All of a sudden, you were walking along, everything was good, but you fell in the Tarzan movie lion pit. You didn't know it was there. It was camouflage. And boom, you fall into the pit. And all of a sudden, you're surrounded on every side by tests, temptations, and trials. So guess what that's a part of? Suddenly. Suddenly. This is a suddenly. Something unexpectedly comes along and hits us and knocks us out of orbit. It does mess up our orbit. We don't like our orbits being messed with. Since our orbits rotate around our nucleus, then the focal point or the nucleus of our life is affected because of a suddenly of tests, temptations, and trials. All of a sudden, I can't get involved with my nucleus because of a test, temptation, and trial. Right? Many times we stop to examine our lives. How to fix it. I need my nucleus back. What do I need to do? But everything that I'm doing there is focused on my nucleus, the central part of my life. Something happens, affects our orbit, knocks life out of balance. Huh? And what do we want? We, what we want to do and what we work at and what we become anxious about is wanting everything to return to normal. I just want things to be the way it was before. 
Why? Because your nucleus is messed with. Are you with me? This stinking pandemic, I can't go on vacation like I wanted to. I wanted to go back to the way it was. Oh, glory to God, they finally opened up travel. Because we want things to go back to the way it was. Isn't that right? So because of this disruption in our orbit, maybe we can't go shopping like we wanted to. And we're upset because shopping was our nucleus. Or maybe we can't go on vacation like before because vacation was our nucleus. Or maybe I have to be so busy working on my orbit to getting things back, I don't have time to take a nap like I used to. Dear God, this is the end of the earth. Maybe I don't have the time now because of what's happened, and I don't have the money because of what's happened, so I can't sit in the movies like I used to, and I always look forward to my day in the movies every week. Because I just needed a break. I need to be carefree. And in order to do that, I just need to sit back and be entertained. And let them throw all kinds of trash in your head. You know, so many people don't even realize you don't have to be in a place of doing nothing to be carefree. Doing nothing and being carefree has nothing to do with it. You can be the most anxious person in the, in the world and your anxiety puts you down so you just pass out and go to sleep, but you're so full of anxiety. It's got nothing to do with being carefree, but people want to zone out. Sit in front of the boob tube. Just talk to me. Just entertain me. I don't want to think about nothing. Oh, you'll think about stuff, whatever it is they're putting in your head. You know, Ian is a good example. Hurricane Ian, when he came through not too long ago, knocked a lot of orbits out of place. And I'm not just talking about the storm. What about the aftermath? Dealing with the stuff after the storm, the cleanup, though the insurance process. You know, those things knock our orbits. They knock things out of place. Inflation, inflation that we're all dealing with has knocked things out of orbit. The rising cost of, uh, the, the, the cost of living increases, the cost of gas. You know, it's like somebody said, I don't normally talk about the expensive places that I go to. You know, I like to keep that quiet, but, you know, I just came from the gas station. <laughs> you know? <laughs> huh? Well, gas prices. You know, I was online buying something just the other day. And for years, it cost me $35 to buy this online. I went online last week to get it. It's $75. Same exact item. Inflation. Our orbits have been disrupted, which directly affects our nucleus in life. And when it comes to the nucleus of our life, we will protect it at all costs. Even if God is telling us no, we'll come up with devil get behind me. I'm not listening to that. This is my nucleus and don't mess with it. Right? And when these things happen and our orbits get knocked out of place and all, our activities of life and our habits get interrupted, we may stop and examine our nucleus. Well, what is? Why am I so upset about this? This thing's knocking these things out of orbit, but why am I so upset? You know, there's a bunch of screwballs out on the road now. I don't know if you've noticed. Holy cow. You know, you got to really just be careful when you're driving. So I could say, well, you know, when I go driving, I like to have a relaxed driving. Fast, but relaxed. <laughs> you know, you know, but... <laughs> So I could, I could say, I ain't going out on the road. There's too many crazy drivers out there, and it just bugs me, and it's just, you know, too much for me. And I could just decide to stay home. And why am I making that decision? Because of a nucleus that says, I need to drive in peace on the road. Well, you'll never get any place. Because it's not going to get any better. Not going to get any better. Until maybe someday, somehow, some way, they widen some roads. Or they build some new roads. I don't see that happening. But. but we examine our nucleus when stuff comes along. And what is it? 
And what's the condition of my nucleus? For some, we come to realize, you know, everything's just all messed up and what is it? And I come to realize it's a toxic relationship. Wow, that's been the nucleus of my life. We need to make some changes here. Some realize that the nucleus of their life is their job or their business. Their whole life revolves around their job or their business. And when something like a lockdown comes along, it affects your job and your business. Some people, their nucleus of life is, they orbit around their children. Their children is, my mom was like that. My mom's nucleus of life was me and my brother. And we were the central part of her life. Well, the reason we were the central part of her life is because her marriage wasn't so good between her and my dad. So she would focus on the children, okay? So my brother, in 1970, I think it was 69, 70, he got married. So he's moved out of the house. Same year, I joined the military. So we both out, and who's my mom left with now? Dad. Mom and dad don't work out very well together. So what has happened to my mom? Life now becomes difficult because her nucleus has just totally gone. Huh? Life, when the center of the orbit, the nucleus, is no longer there, you have nothing to orbit around anymore. The nucleus has fallen apart. The nucleus gets weak, and the nucleus becomes ineffective. And therefore, life starts to fall apart. Are you with me? Storms can disrupt people's orbits. Doesn't matter if it's a physical, natural storm or one like there in James 1 2 of test, temptations, and trials. Storms can disrupt people's uh, uh, orbits. Now, a lot of storms, and we've seen this through the year with Charlie, we've seen it with Ian, and we've seen it even with the economic downturn in 2008. We've seen it in the screwball states out west and up north. Everybody leaving. Their lives are being disrupted because of blue state storms. People are leaving. They've had it. Isn't that right? You know, natural storms, hurricanes, earthquakes, tornadoes, they disrupt people's orbits. They have to move. All of a sudden, it's moving. They have to move. If you move, what's going to happen? You usually have to change jobs. You got to get new housing. It's unplanned. It's unexpected. It's suddenly. Everything was okay yesterday, but today, it's not. So therefore, that suddenly throws off people's orbits. 2008, the economic downturn had disastrous orbit results for people. Even in our nation. Our nation has always been a free nation. The the freedom of this nation has been the basis and the nucleus of our existence. It's got a constitution of rights that belong to us. And prosperity has always been in the orbit of this nation. Having a tremendous supply of prosperity, it always produced an abundant supply of food that was always available on demand. Do you see that now? No, why? Why don't you see that now? Well, you know, it's the Putin price hike. Well, you know, it's because of this Chinese thing. Well, you know, it's because of what's going on in Ukraine. Liar, liar, pants on fire. It's socialism that's coming in to take over. And that's all that it is. And everything else is a distraction. Socialism is threatening your nucleus. The nucleus of this nation is being threatened by socialism. Our freedom, our constitution. Every one of those people, those congressmen, senators that raised their hand and said, I vow to stand up for the Constitution and defend it, they need to be thrown in, tr- tr- in jail for treason because they're looking to bring down the Constitution. 
Amen. So our freedom, our constitution is being affected, and it starts with affecting our orbits. How do you affect the orbit? You release a virus. That's what you do. You release a virus. And the virus was no different than the flu. It's a respiratory disease, just like the flu. If you have a compromised immune system, it can affect you just like the flu. No different. Isn't that right? But it was the narrative behind the virus that was threatening. That's what was threatening. A bunch of hogwash. Now, I don't know about you, but the first day I heard that on TV about COVID-19, I was like, that's a bunch of nonsense. You know how I know it? It came from the government. That's how I know it. So the narrative, the narrative started knocking people out of orbits. There has to be lockdowns. You got to all wear masks. Children, they're told children are a threat. The children have to be masked up because they're a threat. And children were being threatened. Businesses were being shut down. Unless you were a big corporate business, that one didn't get shut down. Which I don't understand that. If you're a big corporate business, you got more people in there. But if you're a small business, you got less people in there. But they shut down the small businesses for the big. But we know it was all a bunch of nonsense. And then what did they do with people with the viruses? They put them in the nursing homes. You wouldn't do that if people had the flu. You wouldn't put them in the nursing homes. Because they all have vulnerable immune systems. Well, why did they put them in the nursing homes? To build up their numbers. That's all it was. Bunch of nonsense. They all should be, you know. I don't care. They need to hear it. So all of this stuff was nothing but a hidden agenda. They had an agenda for everything. Isn't that right? There was the orbit of productivity in this country that got hindered. The orbit of going to school got hindered. The orbit of being able to work got hindered. And everything was hitting at the nucleus of freedom. And it was all control. Amen. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Those things can really knock your life out of shape. If you let it. But Hebrews chapter 12, go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 27 and 28. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 27 and 28. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It says, this expression yet once more denotes the removing of those things which can be shaken as of created things so that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God cannot be shaken. Therefore, the word of God cannot be shaken. When we choose to make the word of God the more sure word of God, when we choose to make that to be our nucleus, then our orbiting electrons, our orbiting habits of life will be directly connected to the nucleus, which is the word of God and the kingdom of God. Amen. That you could have a life orbiting around the word of God and the kingdom of God and the winds of society comes and blows against your orbits, but your orbits stay right in position where they should be because your nucleus is not shaken. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We should not be orbiting around any man or any man's program. Our dependence is only on the word of God and the Holy Spirit guiding us through the word of God. The word of God is our nucleus and it's the only thing that cannot be shaken. Everything else can be shaken. 
It is not a program. The Word of God is not a theory. The Word of God is not a set of principles or pro for proper living. It is Jesus, the Word made flesh. I am the truth, Jesus said, and I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus, the Word, is to be our nucleus that cannot be shaken, it cannot be weakened, and it cannot become ineffective. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And that doesn't mean that you, and you know, we've said this so many times before. It doesn't mean you never go to the doctor. It doesn't mean you never do any of this stuff, uh, 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 you know, that is offered, even in the world. But the whole key is, is going to the Lord first and saying, what would you have me to do? That's the whole key to the whole thing. It's not running off on your own. If he's your nucleus, then he's the one that you will go to. And like Pastor Tim said in the 930 service, acknowledge him in all of your ways and then all of your paths will be made straight. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. His kingdom cannot be shaken. His word cannot be shaken. Yes. If I have direction from the Lord, then I cannot be shaken. So, will the suddenlies of God knock us out of orbit? <clears throat> Suddenly, there's a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Or suddenly, there's a harvest that needs to be reaped. Will too much be required of you? Will you think too much will be required of you? Will our nucleus be affected by a change in orbiting habits? Are you with me? Will finances be demanded of us that our life has, resolved around, uh, has revolved around? My life has revolved around my finances here, but now God's going to require some of those finances because there's things he wants to get done in the earth. Why? Well, that's going to knock my orbits out. Will God suddenly affect your nucleus? Will God suddenly knock you out of orbit? What about your business? What if you have a business and God says, well, I want you to be out there and involved in what I'm doing on the earth an extra day of the week. So you may have to close your business down. When, well, I can't do that. I need the money. There's your, now you've just, you've just manifested your nucleus. Because you don't trust that God can take care of you. You're like, I have to work. I have to do the work. I have to do the toil. I have to put my hand to these things in order for this to happen. And therefore, there is no trust in God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Will the suddenlies of God knock your orbits out of place? What about our family? What about our ability to shop, play golf? Maybe there won't be any time for golf anymore. Maybe there won't be any time for shopping anymore. Maybe you won't have time to take a vacation anymore because God wants this thing done. Are you with me? What if we have to sow seed and touch our retirement money in the bank? That can be a big one. Huh? Of course, there's two things that the world has you to be afraid of when it comes to retirement. Number one, you won't have enough money to live on for the rest of your life for however long that might be. Or number two, anything catastrophic can happen in those older years, so therefore you're going to need the money to take care of it because insurance don't cover it all. And that's what the world does, scares you. That you start living closed-fisted instead of open-handed. Yes. What part or parts of our orbit would be affected by God's suddenlies? See, these are things you have to look at today before it gets to be too late. Yes. How will our life be affected as our nucleus gets shaken? What if it just gets weakened, becomes totally ineffective? How's my life going to be affected? You know, back in the uh, 20s, remember, I know you probably don't remember the Depression, 
that happened in the 20s. And what was happening? People were committing suicide. Why? Because their nucleus of life was their money. And when they lost it all, Yep, still happening today. Do you see the young girl in a school uh, beat up by kids in the school? And she went home and committed suicide because her, her orbit of acceptance was affected. So you've got to develop the right nucleus in your kids. Because there's a world out there that wants to beat the crud out of them. Will we protect the nucleus of our life or will we allow it to be shattered in order that the word of God, the kingdom of God, and the things of the kingdom would become central to all things in our life? See, to make the kingdom of God your central nucleus, the word of God your central other things are going to have to get shattered. We're going to have to make decisions. If I'm going to hold on to the thing that can be shaken, or well, let that which cannot be shaken become the solidity of my life. Will our orbits be shaken by God suddenly, or by life suddenlies? Whether it's test, temptations, trials, or whether God moves in a... You know, it may not even be a great outpouring of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God may just come to you later on today and say, I want you to do such and such, and would that affect your nucleus? Are you with me? We might say God would never require that of me. But to say that is to say that you know exactly what God suddenly is going to look like. But if we're truly on the edge of our seat, Mm -hmm. then we have no idea of what's coming up. No idea. So why not choose now, today, for the word of God, the kingdom of God, and everything that has to do with the kingdom to become the nucleus of our life. The central part, that all other things revolve around it. That there's nothing more important than the kingdom of God, the word of God, and whatever has to do with the kingdom is the most important part of my life, and life is going to have to revolve around that. And if the orbits of my life gets to interfere with that which is my nucleus, the orbit's going to have to get out of the way. That we'll no longer make decisions based on the orbits of our habits, but we'll make decisions based on the nucleus of the kingdom. Only then can we truly live on the edge of our seat. And only then can we truly be on the road to be in the supernatural church that God wants us to be. He don't want a carnal church. He's had carnal churches long enough. There was a whole thing in the churches of Revelation. Put down your carnality, your sin, and come. Come to the kingdom. Isn't that right? Edge of our seat living being the supernatural church. Why did the, whole, why did the Lord send the Holy Spirit to the church? I'm not talking about born of the Holy Spirit. He sent the Holy Spirit. You are born of the Holy Spirit to be a new creature. But he sent the Holy Spirit in the infilling of the Spirit. For what reason? So that the church can live as a supernatural church and no longer do things carnally, but to do things supernaturally. Are you with me? Amen. Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. The, the definite article, the, which means the way, the truth, the life. This is it. He is it. There is none other. He is the life. Isn't that right? Well, let's choose to live that life today. Let him be your life-giving nucleus. Of course, apart from him, There is no life. Oh, you can breathe. You can exist. But I'm talking about life. I'm talking about going beyond breathing and existing and sucking up somebody else's oxygen. I'm talking about exactly, especially what Jesus said. We came to give you life and life more abundantly. Isn't that right? 
Amen. This is real life in Jesus. But it has to become the central part of your life. In all that you do. In all that you're involved in. Oh, and the blessing of God that would flow into your life. Now, you know, if you listen to what Pastor Tim's talked about at 930 service with the parable of the sower. And, you know, we like the parable of the sower. Everything proceeds from the parable of the sower. And we're talking about Jesus being the central part of our life. And you could say today, yes, I, would, I want Jesus and the kingdom of God that can't be shaken to be the central part of my life. And you can walk out that door. And afflictions and persecution comes because the resistance of the enemy is going to show up. And you're going to have to make a decision of whether you're going to hold to your decision and hold to what the Word of God says or whether you're going to just fall off again. Afflictions and persecutions will come to rob the Word. The cares of the world, the desire of other things. We can go back to our old nucleus and go, oh, I don't know if I really wanted, you know. See, you can take that old nucleus. You don't have to get rid of your old nucleus. Just make it a part of your orbit. Don't let it be the central part of your life. Just let it be a part of your orbit. Amen. And don't let the enemy rob that from you. Because only by doing this can life really increase, improve, and grow in the things that God really wants to do in your life, for your life, and through your life. Amen? Amen, amen. Well, just bow your heads for a moment. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father, just pray in the Holy Ghost. Zebrese Shebedonia Ramakaya Matere Vesie Veto O Brazanjanya Ramakaya Badan Yarabaka Evrese Jevet and Yerebekieve Konabakadian Yarabaka Yamadonoto O Rababambaka Yamadon Yaramakaya Bade Lesete Geneve Sieve Dolabaka Yabadan Yaravaka Yabade, O Reze Jevet and Yeleve Kaya Madoro Bacunyara Maka Yabadene Vesia Badene Vesia Bade, O Ramaka Yabadana Vesia Vadere Vesieve Delevesia Bade. Now I'm not going to ask you to repeat after me. Only because it's not in your heart yet. But I'm going to declare some things right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we choose to give ourselves to you this day. That you, your word, your kingdom become the nucleus of my life. That it will no longer be a sliver, a slice, or a piece of my life. But it will be my life. That everything in my life will emanate out from this place. Father, I give myself today to you, your kingdom, to your word. Holy Spirit, you are my helper. And I'm looking to you to help me. And I thank you, Lord, that as I continue to declare what your word says about holding to the things that will not be shaken. That your angels will mount up with, with strength. And they will minister on my behalf and bring to me the things that I need to help me in these areas. So I thank you that by your spirit, by your word, and with the help of your angels, I thank you, Lord, that I will grow in this, that it will become solid in my life, and my life will become more and more solid because you, your word, and your kingdom. It'll be the nucleus of my life that no longer will I will I have you in the orbit of my life. But you are my life and my life will orbit around you. So I thank you, Lord, for these things. And I bless you for that. Now, just tell the Lord you receive that. If you believe that, then receive that. Take that to yourself. Thank you, Lord. If you're on live stream, podcast, go ahead and declare it. I believe that. I receive that to myself. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. 
Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you that your word does not return to you void, but it accomplishes what it was sent out to do. And it will accomplish its good work in us who believe. That we receive it, we believe it, we take it to ourselves, that it'll settle into our heart. And Father, we will, by your spirit, allow that to come back up into our minds, that we'll ponder it, think about it, meditate it, and, and swallow it back down into our spirit. That, Father, it will continue to grow till it comes to the place to where it bears fruit, and then it will bring forth into our life. That our life will become more solid. That we'll be off the roller coaster ride. That we'll be off of the vacillating ride. We'll be off of the ride that is uncertain, unsure, and unaware. But we'll become the one that lives with clarity in direction, in instruction, in understanding. Because you, O oh Lord, are the central part of my life from this day and forever. Thank you for that, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, as we come before you now with our giving, we thank you for the opportunity to sow our seed, to bring in our tithe. And I thank you for the promises that are connected to your word about tithes, about offerings, about sowing seeds. I thank you, Lord, <clears throat> that your word is truth. And your word does not return to you void. But when we act on your word in faith, then your word in us heads back to you. And that word that goes forth from us to you will bring about the results that your word has said. It will accomplish your will. I thank you for it. Bless you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you need an envelope for uh, cash or credit card giving, it's on the seat back in front of you. If you're on live stream podcast, thanks again for being with us today. We do pray that the word of God has touched you right where you're at and brought increase into your believing, into your thinking, and brought you to a place where you could see that abundant living is in front of you. And that you can take hold of it through the word of God. And settling that word on the inside of you. And letting that word become the very central part of your life. And you will see that that word will go out in power and in might. In touching all things that you deal with. If you'd like to sow seed into the ministry, you can go to our website, newlifefamilyworship.net. If there's anything that we can pray with you about, please let us know. And we just look forward to the honor and the privilege to stand with our partners and believe God and stand with you for your needs to be met. Amen.